Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and toquettes And non-toking lovers of liberty It is Friday, September 9th, 2016 And it's got to be 420 Somewhere in the world Welcome to the show and welcome to the weekend. We made it all the way through the first week of September. Glad to have you here. Hope you enjoyed the uh, kickoff of NFL football last night. I sure did. Although I didn't like the outcome of the game. I I really don't like the Denver Broncos at all. But it was a well-fought game and and defensive struggle. Man, it's pretty amazing. And speaking of the NFL, we've got some uh, NFL stories we're going to be getting to in Hour 2 today in Toker Talk Radio. Looks like the NFL Players Association isn't going to wait for the NFL. They're just going to go ahead and study medical marijuana on their own, which makes sense because it's the players who will benefit from it. So we'll get to that in Hour 2. And speaking of Hour 2, got a special announcement for you. After much prodding and goading and nagging from my chat room, and it's all taken with the uh, the most uh, uh, love I can possibly imagine. But after uh, all those suggestions, I've finally gotten us a Google Voice number for our studio call in here, and it's live right now. But don't call in now, though. Let's wait till hour two, Toker Talk Radio, and check out the phone number. Not only is it a Bay Area South San Francisco number, a six five zero area code. But the phone number is 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's right, 650-534-2565 or 650-LEGAL-MJ to call in to the Russ Belville Show. And you actually, you can call in anytime you want, uh, but if you're calling in anytime other than 4 o'clock, you're going to get the voicemail, which is cool. You can leave us a voicemail message and we can play that on the show as well, so like if you had questions for Dr. Mitch or our Hemp Day Hump Day with Doug Fine or our Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment, any of these segments, you could call in on the voicemail line, leave your question there, and then we'll get to it uh, the next episode. Also, we're going to have another recurring segment joining us here. Jorge Cervantes is going to be helming our Cultivator's Corner that we're going to place opposite the Leap Speakers. So on Thursdays, you're either going to get a cop or you're going to get Jorge Cervantes telling you how to grow pot. So uh, that's a great addition to our show. Thanks to Jorge and his site, MarijuanaGrowing.com. I encourage you all to check that out, MarijuanaGrowing.com. And starting next week, we've got eight weeks away from Marijuana Election Night 2016. We're going to start a regular feature of interviewing the campaign uh, spokespeople or the candidates themselves that are running in the 2016 election. You'll hear those interviews on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays over the next eight weeks. So stay tuned for that. All right, coming up on today's show, all sorts of great stuff to tell you about. Stanford, the university, is 
studying roadside marijuana saliva testing. We'll explain why that's a bad idea. In our drug war data mines, we have a new study on using pot while pregnant. We'll tell you about the results of that study. We're going to, at half past, have our Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment that we messed up yesterday. Uh, now that I've got that Google Voice number, we can get in touch with Lenny Freeling out in Colorado. He's a longtime normal activist and a former judge and current defense attorney out there in the great state of Colorado. We'll talk to him about the social use initiative and other items that are going on in Colorado. At the end of the hour, we'll get into a radical rant. I'm going to talk about sex and drugs and marijuana and freedom and how they're all really the same thing. Then in hour two, we've got uh, Arizona's governor who doesn't understand that marijuana is safer than alcohol, so we'll explain it to him slowly. We've also got Jesse Ventura. He's got a new book on marijuana, and he's making the case for legalization. A tragic story in Chicago to tell you about. The NFL Players Association, Canadians answering a pot survey, and the New Mexico State Fair. Well, it ain't quite as cool as the Oregon State Fair. All that's coming up here on this Friday edition of the Russ Bell Show, live from Potland, Oregon. This is the Russ Bell Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. 
Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, September 9, 2016. Ottawa, Canada. The recent case of a Canadian man permanently denied entry at the U.S. border for admitting his past marijuana use is highlighting the absurdity of marijuana prohibition. The government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has committed to legalizing marijuana in Canada, which would then keep law-abiding Canadian citizens from visiting the United States. More absurd is the fact that Canadians crossing into the U.S. from British Columbia would be entering Washington State, where cannabis is legal for adults. After this election, there may be a similar border between the provinces of New Brunswick and Quebec and the state of Maine, where cannabis is legal on all sides, but Canadians admitting to using it could not cross. Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale said in an interview with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation late on Thursday, quote, We obviously need to intensify our discussions with our border authorities in the United States, including the Department of Homeland Security, end quote. Anchorage, Alaska. The owners of Frozen Buds have high hopes now that they've received Alaska's first retail marijuana license. Destiny Need, co-owner of the Fairbanks business, received a round of applause from the audience after she won unanimous approval for the inaugural permit from the five-man Alaska Marijuana Control Board. She clapped with both hands above her head after getting the okay. As she walked back to her seat, she told the audience, quote, now all I need is some herb, end quote. The board has been working on rules for the industry since the November 2014 vote approving the recreational use of marijuana. Frozen Buds received approval to make such items as cannabis-infused butter, oil, brownies, caramels, truffles, cookies, cupcakes, fudge, banana bread, ice cream, granola bars, and breakfast treats called wake-and-bake bars. Enlighten Alaska, a retail store planned in Anchorage, was the second permit issued. Lansing, Michigan. Though the highest court in Michigan has ruled the fight for marijuana legalization in 2016 is over, a new federal lawsuit offers a sliver of hope. Two signature gatherers for the ill-fated MI Legalize campaign have asked a federal court to halt the printing of ballots until all the signatures for the initiative are counted. MI Legalize turned in more than 354,000 signatures, well more than what they needed to qualify for the ballot. But the Secretary of State's office rejected thousands of signatures that were older than 180 days, citing a Michigan law regarding so-called stale signatures. The Michigan Supreme Court agreed with the lower court rulings that the state had no legal obligation to count the stale signatures. The plaintiffs allege that their right to vote has been unconstitutionally infringed by the state. MI Legalize is also preparing a suit for the U.S. Supreme Court over the signatures. Also in Michigan, the state Senate has produced the three-fourths vote needed to add three new bills to the Michigan medical marijuana program that would legalize dispensaries and edible marijuana products. Those bills must be reconciled with the House versions before heading to the governor's desk. Sacramento, California. SAM Action, the political action committee of the anti-legalization group Project SAM, announced another $1.3 million in fundraising to defeat marijuana initiatives nationwide. Kevin Sabet, founder of Project SAM, said the money came from a retired millionaire in Pennsylvania named Julie Schauer, who is opposed to marijuana legalization because, quote, 
455,000 people were hospitalized in emergency rooms for panic attacks, paranoia, and psychosis related to marijuana consumption, end quote. Sabet says the money will be used to fight California's Prop 64, as well as the other initiatives for marijuana law reform on the ballot. Belmar, New Jersey. Cannabis oils used for topical preparations went on sale for the first time in New Jersey's dysfunctional medical marijuana program. While five dispensaries are currently operating in New Jersey, only one, Compassionate Sciences, has been approved by the state to dispense the products. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, September 9, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com. And you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Once again, another team of scientists is trying to perfect the technology for police to detect marijuana use in drivers during roadside stops. This time, it's researchers at Stanford University in California who are trying to create a handheld saliva testing device for THC. This was reported in USA Today, where they wrote, quote, officers who suspect marijuana intoxication could use a cotton swab to wipe the inside of a driver's mouth, test it in the new device called a potalizer, and get results viewable on a smartphone or laptop in just three minutes, according to a Stanford News release. Currently, officials rely on blood, breath, or urine tests that aren't always accurate. Saliva tests exist, but also aren't completely accurate. Stanford's device can show THC in the range of 0 to 50 nanograms per milliliter of saliva, within most measurements of impairment, the release states. Colorado law says drivers with 5 nanograms of active THC in their blood can be prosecuted. End quote. Now, there's so much wrong with this. (laughs) 
But we marijuana law reformers are somewhat to blame. For about a decade now, we have been imploring society to treat marijuana like alcohol. By doing so, we activated the alcohol frame for marijuana. Now, that was a smart move to get people to understand the relative safety of marijuana and to understand that it could be a taxed and regulated substance like alcohol for adults. But it came at the cost of getting society to believe that marijuana is like alcohol. So now they want to know where is the breathalyzer for pot, like alcohol. Of course, in this respect, marijuana couldn't be more unlike alcohol. The science behind breathalyzers is pretty solid. Human bodies metabolize alcohol molecules at a set rate based on how much was consumed and how large the body is. Detection of alcohol molecules in the breath correlate quite well with levels of impairment. With very few exceptions, somebody at a 0.08 blood alcohol content is too impaired to drive, whether they're a petite ballerina or a burly lumberjack. The science behind detecting marijuana impairment, however, is not reliable. Human bodies metabolize THC molecules at wildly unpredictable rates based on each individual's body fat, energy levels, and history of consumption. Detection of THC molecules in the bodily fluids doesn't correlate at all with levels of impairment. The burly lumberjack who's smoking his first joint may be far more impaired at just 5 nanograms of active THC than the petite ballerina who's a daily wake-and-baker who just cleared a bong. And this isn't just me saying this. Even the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration admits this. This is from their cannabis fact sheet. Quote, It is inadvisable to try and predict effects based on blood THC concentrations alone, and currently impossible to predict specific effects based on metabolite concentrations. It is possible for a person to be affected by marijuana use with concentrations of THC in their blood below the limit of detection of the method. Pharmacological effects of marijuana vary with dose, route of administration, experience of user, vulnerability to psychoactive effects, and setting of use. Tolerance may develop to some pharmacological effects of THC. Tolerance to many of the effects of marijuana may develop rapidly after only a few doses, but also disappears rapidly. End quote. So even the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration say it's inadvisable to try to predict based on these fluids and that people develop tolerance. And another problem with the idea of saliva testing is that if you're really pulling someone over who's had too much to toke, they're going to have a dry mouth like the Sahara. Cops may not be able to get a decent saliva sample in such a case. If a roadside test accurately determined that a person was too stoned to drive, I'd be all for it. But all these tests can ever accomplish is just determining if someone consumed marijuana in the past. Arbitrary per se DUAD laws like Washington State's 5 nanogram limit serve only to detect drivers who smoke pot, not drivers who are too impaired. Regular cannabis consumers like me never achieve a THC level below the residual 5 nanograms or more that I probably have after a full night's sleep. We've got to push back against this hard. 
It's not as if legalization invents cars and marijuana smokers who drive them. We've been here for decades. Year after year, we see highway traffic fatalities and crashes declining, even as year after year we keep legalizing medical and recreational marijuana, and even as year after year more adults are using it more often. This is not science. This is not a need. This potalizer is just a solution in search of a problem. A problem that doesn't exist. Sorry, ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Damn straight, Barry. All right, happy 420. Who are we saying 420 happy to Happy to... Oh, Sheridan, Wyoming. Happy 420 to Sheridan, Wyoming today in the Mountain Time Zone. We got to take a break because uh, we got a mandatory safety meeting to get to. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the new study on using pot while pregnant... There's some good news for you, ladies. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You're going to be a great granddad. Pretty cool. Morgan is Ray Dawn's son. Uh, Morgan and his wife, Tracy, they've been trying to have a baby for quite some time. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to Morgan? What? Do you know who the father is? <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
Today in the Data Minds, we take a look at a new study that is uh, breaking all across the internet today. This is from the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and was published in the October issue of the Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. And what it finds is that smoking marijuana during pregnancy does not appear to increase the risk of preterm birth or other harmful birth outcomes, you know, uh, preterm birth, you know, uh, uh, premature babies, right? Now, these researchers, when they took a look at it, you know, of course, you know, previous studies have been out there showing all sorts of claiming to show all sorts of problems for women that smoke pot during pregnancy, like low birth weight, premature birth, uh, failure to thrive, etc. cetera. Uh, but they've always been complicated by other factors. These researchers sought out to find this information. And initially they did find some problems. They did find that these women that smoke pot during pregnancy had more of a chance of having a preterm or low birth weight baby. But then they started tearing into the numbers and we're talking a lot of numbers here. What they did is they they were taking a look at 31 previous studies, including more than 7,800 women who used marijuana during pregnancy and another 124,000 women who did not use marijuana from in their pregnancy. And as they combed through the numbers and they took those women who were cannabis consumers and found that they had problems with their pregnancies, they later found out as they were sifting through the numbers that when they factored in tobacco smoking, all those risks went away. In other words, the women who were using cannabis alone without also using tobacco had no statistically significant difference in the outcome of their pregnancies than the women that did not use any cannabis at all. And this could also explain why some of those studies were confounded is because, you know, in, in European countries in some Caribbean countries and some of the places they've done these studies, the consumption of cannabis goes along with tobacco. They smoke it in spliffs. They mix it together. So all these years, these past 30, 40 years, when we've been getting these negative reports. Much of it has been due to tobacco smoking, not cannabis smoking. Here's what they found. Um, they found overall women who smoked marijuana during pregnancy were 43% more likely to have a low birth weight baby and 32% more likely to have a preterm birth than women who didn't smoke marijuana during pregnancy. But when they looked at the only marijuana smokers that didn't use tobacco, there was no difference. The women who used both, by the way, were 85% more likely to have a preterm birth. It goes along with what I've always said about blunts and spliffs, mixing cannabis and tobacco. Tobacco makes what's good about cannabis better but cannabis makes what's bad about tobacco worse. Part of the reason a lot of people mix that is because tobacco speeds along and intensifies the high you get from the THC in the cannabis. That's, that's, what, that's tobacco making cannabis better. On the other hand, cannabis is a bronchodilator, opens up your lung passages and allows more of that nasty tobacco smoke and tar and carcinogens in. So you take the good, you take the bad, and then you get the facts of life, right? I don't particularly like to tobacco in, in my uh, cannabis products. And, and that's part of the reason why now this study was not looking at long-term effects. They weren't looking at, all right, these women that smoke pot during their pregnancy, 
how how did their kids turn out by the time they were three? Right? Did, did they pick up language any quicker or slower? Did they walk any sooner or later? You know, did they have any developmental outcomes that were different? There have been some studies on this. Dr. Melanie Dreyer uh, is the one who's got the most cited study on this on pregnant mothers in Jamaica, where she found that long term, these kids were fine. There was no difference between the cannabis smoking mom's kids and the sober mom's kids. And we find this over and over again as we look through populations, especially cannabis smoking populations. I, I like to joke that if there was any serious problems with pregnancy or fertility uh, due to cannabis use, wouldn't the Rastafarians have died out by now, right? <laughs> wouldn't Jamaica be depopulated? Bob Marley's got like 12 kids, <laughs> you know, Willie Nelson's got seven or nine. Tommy Chong's got seven or nine. I forget which has which, but uh, it's clear now. And, and over the 7,000 years that we've had people using cannabis on this planet, you'd think that if there were any sort of serious problems that were going to befall the kids, we'd know it by now. We wouldn't have to keep studying it. It's not like alcohol where fetal alcohol sy- syndrome was quite obvious We could very easily tell who were the moms that were drinking during their pregnancy based on their kids. And we find, again, time and time again, the deleterious effects from cigarette smoking on pregnant pregnant moms and, and, and their children. This continuation of these scaremongering, half baked junk science ideas about women and cannabis use are just another way of trying to enforce women to not use cannabis. Another way to try to scare them out of making the safer choice. Here in the state of Oregon, our law mandates that a little scrap of paper is handed to every person who makes a cannabis purchase, explaining how marijuana is no good for pregnant moms or breastfeeding moms. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Yes, even me, single childless Russ has to take that piece of paper explaining how bad it is for pregnant moms. It's time for this nonsense to end and finally give pregnant women the choice to use cannabis for morning sickness, for pain, for a depression that happens during pregnancy. It's one of the safest things we can give a pregnant mom. And yet they'll prescribe all sorts of pharmaceuticals for these pregnant moms knowing they have terrible side effects. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get Lenny Freeling on the line for our Cop Say Legalized Drug segment just a day late. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds. Hey, Russ. Put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows Russ. large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you, you like yourself a joint. Russ. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Russ. Camp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, the national wildlife refuge for marijuana unicorns. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. One of the most disturbing elements of the Prohibition War is how it's made police the enemy of otherwise law-abiding cannabis consumers. Fortunately, one group of police officers knows the futility of Prohibition and reaches out to educate the community and current law enforcement. Today, the Russ Belleville Show visits with another speaker from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition with one clear message. Cops say legalize drugs. Welcome back, everybody. It's 33 after the hour, and normally we do this segment on Thursday, but we missed our good friend Lenny Freeling because uh, I messed up on my end, Lenny. It's all my fault. Welcome back to the show, Lenny. Russ, as always, it is a pleasure. I'm glad we're both here. I am, too. And it's a beautiful uh, Friday here, and we are, as of today, 60 days away from Marijuana Election Night 2016. I know, of course, Denver's got the social use initiative going but are there are there other issues going on in colorado we ought to know about so many that they're beyond counting and that in and of itself is the issue in addition to the social use which is such a critical issue whether i am driving to durango eight hour drive and want to smoke in a legal place or vape in a legal place or whether it's one of the tourists that we welcome the social use is is the beginning of a very important legislative trend. The other thing that is a day-by-day struggle is the sorting out of the layers. We have our Constitution. We have Section 18, Article 18, Section 14, 1814. We took a little trip since year 2000, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Your age is showing when you laugh yes, at I that. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then in um, 2013, it became recreational law with Amendment 64, which is now Article 18, Section 16. So we have the Constitution. When you have that, the next level of law is enabling legislation. And that does stuff like set up study committees and interested groups. And then they figure out what laws we really need. Then the regulatory agencies who are tasked by the law with enforcing it and setting up the systems have their regulations. Then 
because that's not nearly complicated enough. <laughs> then we have every single city in Colorado, few still taking no position, some home rule cities with more power than cities anywhere in the United States, some not home rule cities, and then, because that's still, that's not complicated enough to have city regulations and city criminal ordinances carrying $2,650 and a year in jail maximum penalties with the claims by some of these cities that they can fine somebody $2,650 a day and a year in jail per plant over what the city says. And, oh, yes, by the way, every city picks a different number, which most of the time contradicts the state and and the constitution, state constitution. And, oh, as an aside, as we all recall, now I think we're on the fourth aside, we have the federal law and we can talk about that sometime. We all know what the (laughs) challenge is there. So, We've got this multi-layered thing where I may get a call that is simply somebody asking, can I grow 18 plants in uh, Lock Bowie, Colorado at the Kansas border in my basement? And if I could give them an answer, yes, no, I would do it. <laughs> if... <laughs> If only. And when I tell them what effort is involved and that they have to pay me to give them a yes or no on what the state constitution sure sounds like it says they can do, we have layers of problems. And when I honestly put two people, you have a choice. Follow your city's unique regulation ordinance or risk paying money or jail. Usually it's money, not jail. Or become a test case. Hmm. And (laughs) this has got to be so difficult for uh, Coloradoans to have to deal with because, I mean, I I grew up in Idaho. And when it came to booze, there's only one thing you had to remember county to county was what was the closing time or did they sell on Sunday? That was about it. That was the only there wasn't, you know, I couldn't like not have this kind of booze in Ada County, but this other kind of booze in Canyon County or limits on a six pack there versus a 12 pack there. How are Coloradoans dealing with this? And are a lot of them getting caught up in the system because of it? Colorado is dealing with it overall. Let's be clear. Colorado is doing a kick-ass job and i think the fcc allows me to describe that body part in that way colorado really is on a city by city level the kind of things that troubled me the most a city ordinance that says your top secret protected by the constitution secret private medical grow in your basement oh yeah by the way It's illegal in our city for you to not register your private secret grow with us. And, of course, that gives us permission to inspect it any time we want, to send in the electrical inspector. And, look, I'm in favor of electricity being done to code. That makes sense. I can't fundamentally fight with somebody who needs an electrical inspection. But to say you have no right to privacy guaranteed by the Constitution, our con- 
Our system statewide is so careful that the computer that holds the medical marijuana registry information is not, unless they've changed it, is not connected to the Internet. Mm. There's nothing to hack. Yeah. That's great. And uh, another issue that I think is probably uh, on a lot of Coloradoans' minds is the recent pronouncement. Now, this was out of the Ninth Circuit, so I know it doesn't cover Colorado, but that pronouncement about uh, medical marijuana patients and their Second Amendment gun rights. uh, Is anyone talking about that in Colorado? We're talking about it long and loud. And what is fascinating about the ruling and what is so blatantly federally unconstitutional is this. They, they could say, you can't possess a firearm while you're impaired. And in fact, that wouldn't be a bad law. But they're in effect saying the same as if they said, if you are over 21, therefore legally able to buy alcohol, therefore legally able to drink to excess and commit a class two misdemeanor, we call it drunk with a gun. (laughs) Therefore, because you're over 21, we're going to make that a status offense and nobody under 21 can purchase a gun. That's identical to saying because someone has a medical card, A, they will fill that, they will go buy pot. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. They have a card. They have permission. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. If they do, maybe they'll smoke too much. Maybe they'll then pull out a firearm. Guess what? That's already illegal. So the Ninth Circuit, the Ninth Circuit, which is not a circuit we generally hate, is just an embarrassment with this decision. Mm-hmm. It's atrocious. It's it is intellectually dishonest, and that's one of the greatest insults I am capable of. Intellectually dishonest. Mm. Yeah, it's it's gotten a lot of response here in the state of Oregon. We have a lot of uh, people in the rural areas that uh, treasure their Second Amendment rights. And I know in Colorado, didn't you have, like, there was a, a three or four legislators who went down in recalls because of, of Second Amendment issues. Is this, is this uh, igniting any sort of uh, political will amongst the typical conservative gun rights supporters to come around on this marijuana issue? Because it was a private community, communication. I, I don't feel comfortable divulging my source, but I will tell you the single most conservative guns, gun rights advocate in the country and one of the top in the world agreed with me on my analysis, reworded it, sent it out to his private firearms trained teachers internationally, quoting 99% of what I wrote to him explaining why this is insane. So I can give you at least one concrete example of a rabid Second Amendment supporter saying, they can't do that. That's wrong. That is just wrong. So the, the feedback I've heard so far is completely against the Ninth Circuit. That's from smokers. That's from non-smokers. That's from people who hate marijuana. People are looking at it and saying, you can't do that. You simply can't do that. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, the people who aren't saying that right now seem to be the National Rifle Association, which hasn't responded to numerous activists uh, and journalists requests on this issue. And it always stymies me because one of the uh, the, the scaremongering tactics they've always said is that if 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 the federal government registered guns, it'd be a list a list to take people's gun rights away. Well, what's a medical marijuana registry now? But a list for the government to take your gun away. Fortunately, they don't really have access to it. And the NRA is in a very interesting position. Although, of course, generally, but not exclusively, they're fairly conservative. There's also, I think, a strong libertarian bent to it. And after so many years of taking the position that any restriction on the right to own firearms is bad, short of we know you're insane, you're a felon still in prison, to overstate the point. Short of that, their position has been any restriction is a problem. And now they're in a spot where I think, this is me making it up, I think they're saying, well, on the one hand, we really don't want to come out as pro-marijuana. That's not the tenor of our membership, as far as we can tell. On the other hand... We can't really come out and say this is a rational restriction on gun ownership that counters everything we've ever stood for. So all we can do is shut up. <laughs> Stop digging. What else can they do? Good point. Good point. Lenny Freeling is a longtime uh, criminal defense attorney, and he's with uh, the normal organizations out there in Colorado. Former judge, speaker for law enforcement against prohibition. If you want wise, learned men and women like Lenny to come out to your area and speak the truth about the drug war, just go to leap.cc. They got a catalog list all across the country and around the world of great speakers who will help you out. Lenny, before we let you go, is there anything else you need to tell us? Shout out any uh, promotions or contact info? Russ. I love you, man, and thank you as always. You're my hero. I'm going to give a shout-out to My Canary app on the iTunes yes. store at My Canary or MyCanaryApp.com for the science paper. We've developed an iPhone, iTunes app for not measuring meaningless blood chemistry, but looking at performance, looking at reaction time, looking at things that... Help us decide if we should be turning on a table saw or driving a car or watching Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> and let's look at performance and not a chemistry that, in the case of alcohol, is a clue. And in the case of THC, is scientifically not even a clue. Check out the My Canary app on the App Store. Thanks, Lenny. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier 
to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. Hello? Hey, uh, are you the one that put the ad on Craigslist? Uh, was in the, the personal no. section uh, about, you know, want to have a little uh, have a little good time tonight? No. Nothing about, you know, any uh, backdoor action? No. A little fifth base? You're not into that? No, and I, I suggest you don't fucking call my phone number, you fucking perverted bastard. Are you, are you sure you're not the one on the Craigslist? You're talking dirty to me. Damn, she hung out. That was good. It was funny, though. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Today in the rant, as we go into the weekend, I want to talk about some of my favorite things, and those would be sex and drugs and marijuana and freedom. And as we have gone through this journey together over the past eight years, discussing marijuana politics, the issues around it, trying to get it legalized, medical use, spiritual use, etc. To me, it's always been just a small facet of what I'm overall fighting for. And that is freedom. I am fighting for the freedom of adults to do with themselves and others whatever the hell they want to do. So long as everybody's consenting, everybody's able to consent, and it's not harming anyone else. Now, it just so happens that smoking a bowl or a joint or a vapor bag or hitting a dab or eating a cookie or whatever it might be that has marijuana in it is the kind of freedom I want to have. That's what I'm into. I like marijuana, and I'm not hurting anyone else doing it, and that's the freedom I choose to express. But our fight for marijuana freedom, we should never lose track of the fact that the marijuana itself really doesn't matter. This would be just as the prohibition would be just as stupid if it was whipped cream, right? If it was whipped cream, they think, ah, you can't have whipped cream. Why not? Well, we said so. 
Well, this, who, who gave you the authority to say so? So it doesn't matter if it's whipped cream or marijuana or kratom that they're, they're starting to ban now. It doesn't matter what they're trying to ban. What they're trying to do is infringe on freedom for no good reason. Now, I'm not any sort of anarcho-libertarian type who thinks everybody ought to be as free to do whatever the hell they want as they want to. Obviously, there needs to be limits to freedom, but those limits need to be balanced, balanced with society's need to keep public safety in order versus individual freedom. And when in doubt, individual freedom should win. Tie should go to the runner. Tie should go to the individual freedom here. They're, they're starting to ban this Kratom now, which I, I've seen it advertised in head shops for a couple of years now around Portland and never cared to try it. Didn't give a shit about it. Not my thing. Until the DEA put it on the uh, schedule one. Now I'm interested as hell. <laughs> now I'm really interested in seeing what it's all about. In fact, they have to take it off the shelves by the end of this month. I'm going to go run out and buy me some just to have it. Just because the DEA said I couldn't. Just because they dared to take my freedom away to make that choice. I was probably never going to make that choice. And by the way, DEA, so were probably a whole bunch of young people that you've now just enticed to try to find out what Kratom is about, just like me. Good work, DEA. And it's, it's funny to me because it's kind of selective what we choose to take the freedoms away about. It's not that they're taking our freedom away for using marijuana because it gets us high. Because there's lots of things that get you high that are perfectly legal. If you do it right, you can get high on nutmeg. Don't do it, by the way. <laughs> uh, don't try because it's extremely toxic, right? It's like one of those one to five type of uh, kill ratios, man. You can, you can overdo it real quick and die from nutmeg. But you can get high on nutmeg. Nobody's talking about banning nutmeg or limiting nutmeg or putting warnings on nutmeg or running nutmeg through the FDA process, but it'll get you high. Damn straight it will. If you go to sex shops, you may go to sex shops from time to time. You may see, maybe you do, I do, uh, and you may see these uh, packets or or these uh, 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 containers for whipped cream, homemade whipped cream containers. And then you may see that they'll sell, they'll sell you 50 of these little single shot uh, uh, nitrous oxide canister things to make your whipped cream with. Folks, this isn't because people at the sex shops are trying to play some sort of a banana split game when they get back to the house. It's because they take those canisters and they, they blast them into the uh, container and then they huff, they inhale the nitrous oxide for a high. It's my chat room is saying it's whippets. Yes. Whippets. Exactly. That's what they're called. And it's perfectly legal. Nobody's stopping you from getting high that way. Why not? Why aren't they? Whippets are more harmful than marijuana. Not by much, but they are. Why isn't that illegal at those same sex shops? You can get something called rush. And there's other names, Jungle Juice and a bunch of other things. They come in these little tiny bottles. And what they're ostensibly for is for uh, polish removing, you know, uh, kind of an acetone kind of thing, right? That's supposedly what they're for. Originally, they were for head cleaner. And I don't mean that in the sexual 
mean stand i mean like for tape cassette decks and stuff right <laughs> reel to reel tape clean the heads of the of the recording equipment right but there's not a whole bunch of audio files at the sex shop trying to get head cleaner what those are for is again huffing inhalants kind of a dissociative type of drug and it's perfectly legal so it's interesting to me how we pick and choose which drugs are bad and why we need to restrict those freedoms. A lot of it has to do with the morality, of course. Judgments of the people who are using those drugs, not necessarily the drugs themselves. And this extends far beyond just drugs. Like I said, sex and drugs and marijuana and freedom. It extends into the realm of sex. It's been interesting to me how the marijuana movement and the gay rights movement have kind of been riding side by side on this civil rights of uh, adventure here. And there's so much similarities between the two issues it really just boils down to, Hey, uh, I want to do something with my body that some people don't like. And who has the right to stop you from doing that? And there's so many, so many rights we still have yet to acquire to, to recognize for both same-sex couples and cannabis consumers. Parental rights, organ transplant rights, uh, all sorts of you know, uh, employment, housing, all the different ways that we get discriminated against. Because somebody out there wants to restrict our freedom. And this goes back, this is so woven into the American DNA. This is the the birthright of our Puritan ancestors. What's that old definition of Puritanism? The haunting feeling that somebody somewhere might be having fun. This is, this is something that as we continue through the 21st century, I hope our society continues to shed this, this Puritanism and and it's happening. I mean, you watch TV today compared to TV when I was growing up and vast gulf of difference between what's allowable, what's considered, you know, a family hour television these days compared to when I was growing up. Now you've got a VH1. They got that Amber Rose show on Comedy Central. They got the Nikki Glaser show. Numerous shows where there's open and frank discussion of sex. So it's changing. It's happening. And, and as these generations come up in a world of legal marijuana, I think it's going to happen quicker. The rate, is going, the rate of change is going to increase dramatically. I, I, I truly believe that part of the reason why marijuana is one of those drugs that we pick on and not inhalants or whippets or whatever is because of marijuana's potential to open your perspectives and open your mind and to, and to foster your empathy for other people. And the more that takes place, the more connection we get facilitated through legal marijuana, the more people are going to question all these other restrictions on our freedom. The more people are going to understand that just because something's always been that way, it's always been banned. It's always been no good. Just because the majority might think it's immoral. That doesn't mean it has to stay that way. And, and one final thing I like about marijuana legalization is, you know, how, how long have you, Known people that are like, I don't vote, I don't vote, it doesn't matter, voting doesn't matter. And yet in 25 states now, and four legal ones, we've seen how voting matters. Whether you're voting for an initiative or you're voting for legislators 
that will craft laws to reform our marijuana policies. Voting matters. There's only 60 days before the election. Make sure you're registered. And remember, you can help these legalization initiatives. Even if you don't live in that state, they'll have they'll take your phone banking volunteering, your email volunteering, all sorts of ways to help. You can always contribute money. That's all the time we got for Hour 1. Stay tuned. Toker Talk Radio is next with our new live phone number. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tope. I inhale. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about tope on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enema man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio, live and direct from beautiful legal potland, Oregon. Looking straight out the window at Mount Hood and the Willamette River. It's a great day, folks. Thanks for being here. <laughs> to get to our discussion from that uh, last, uh, last hour there, I, I opened up a, a whole can of worms, didn't I? Got the chat room going off in detail about uh, Rush. Which apparently used to be amyl nitrate and is now butyl nitrate, probably because the government banned amyl nitrate, right? Which, which again, goes to show that point about the, the futility of trying to ban stuff that gets people high because then chemists just come up with a different cook of the molecule, you know, switch an isomer here or there, and it basically does the same thing, but it doesn't fit the same definition, so now it's not illegal. Happens all the time. Happens all the time, man. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, I opened up that can of worms though because uh, it's not like I have any expertise here. I think I, I, I did sniff some rush like when I was nineteen or twenty, I think, and it just gave me a massive headache, and that was enough. Like eh, that's enough for me. Don't need that drug. But uh, anyway, to each their own. Enjoy yourself. Just be safe and uh, get the facts. That's the other bad thing about the prohibition: you can't get the facts so well. You can't always know what you're getting into, and and to get around all these FDA rules and stuff. They'll make these products and say, not intended for human consumption. That's what you'll see on the packets of spice or the bath salts. Not intended for... <laughs> Folks, it, it, they know it's for human consumption. We know it's hu- human consumption. Government knows it's for human consumption. If it's just going to be loopholed around, let's just make it legal. Let's just make it legal and regulated and give people the right information to make safe decisions. Ah, oh, man, it's just... It's it's part of this overall frustration I have with our society and its attitude toward chemical enhancements, right? And I can take I can take this on in a lot of different angles. Like one angle is the sports angle, right? We can't have our our athletes on steroids and performance enhancing drugs. They have to compete clean and natural. Well, what the fuck is clean and natural about Tommy John elbow surgery? What is clean and natural about Barry Bonds batting armor? What is clean and natural uh, about the, uh, the, the latest sports medicine techniques and, and, and uh, nutritional understandings? I mean, athletes today are so much different than athletes of 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, that they're not even comparable. We're willing to accept all of these other enhancements mechanical enhancements. I mean, we'll accept a a double amputee running in the Olympics against people with meat legs running on his carbon fiber springs. We'll accept that. We'll accept that. That's that's fine to change up your body and, and compete unnaturally using physical technology. We're cool with that. Nutritional technology. We're fine. Surgical technology. Enhance yourself all you want. But by God, don't take any human growth hormone or steroids or amphetamines or anything else. Why? Why? Supposedly, it's to keep the athletes safe. Why don't you keep them all safe? These are dangerous drugs. These are dangerous. Well, surgery is dangerous. Every time you go under anesthesia for surgery, it's dangerous. Lots of things are dangerous. This idea that, well, we have to keep them clean because then if we allowed them to dope up, then everybody would be doping up. All right. Well, check this out. You remember uh, Lance Armstrong, right? Tour de France winner that got uh, disgraced from all the doping. You know, for years and years, he lied that he wasn't doping and he was doping and he was caught. Right. And they stripped the Tour de France uh, wins from him. Right. So I forget which one it was, but maybe it was the last one. But. I saw a stat out there about Lance Armstrong that said, if you took Lance Armstrong's win of the Tour de France and gave it to the next highest finishing Tour de France biker, bicyclist, who finished the race, the next highest, you know, give it to the next highest one who wasn't doping, you'd have to give it to the guy that finished in 37th place. (laughs) 37th place the top 36 finishers the top 35 guys after Lance Armstrong were doping too so yeah if you if they're doping then they'll all be doping yes they are and to me 
it's more of a disservice to that 37th place finisher who is competing clean because he's, he thinks it's the right thing to do. He wants to follow the rules, has to compete against guys who aren't clean because they're the kind of people who will skirt the rules. So really, you're, you're penalizing the clean athlete for being the kind of person that follows the rules. If the rules allowed for these uh, substances to be used, then people could be open about it. Doctors could be open about it. They could use uh, better techniques, develop safer procedures. And, and, the, and the, the so-called clean athlete wouldn't have to fear using any of these uh, substances in the right way. I just so so it's this prejudice against chemical enhancement. So it's not just in sports, though. It's also in uh, our regular civilian fun activities, right? Like it's perfectly acceptable and sane in our society. If you told your friends, hey, I want to be a skydiver. I'm going to go to the local airport. I'm going to take skydiving lessons. I'm going to get into planes strap myself to another human being for the first hundred jumps or whatever it is. And we're going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane from thousands of feet in the air because it gives me a rush. I get off on it. It makes me feel good. I get excited. It turns me on. And nobody would bat an eye. Well, yeah, some people would be like, you're crazy jumping out of a plane. But nobody would try to stop you. There'd be no cops waiting to try to keep you from doing it. Unless, you know, you're trying to jump over an unauthorized area or whatever. But you know what I mean? We allow people to skydive. We allow people to bungee jump. If you want, you can go up and climb Yosemite with no safety equipment whatsoever. Right? You can free climb. You know those guys that free climb. We've got, I'm looking out at Mount Hood. We, every other week or so, are having to send out uh, county sheriff's uh, rescue teams to rescue people that are hiking up on Mount Hood. That's perfectly okay. If you want to get your jollies by putting your body at mortal risk of physical death, we got no problem with it. But if you want to get your jollies off of a chemical rush, now it's a problem. I've just never understood why our society would be so cool with me risking the need for public safety officers to come save my ass risking that you know we we can guarantee there will be a cost to society from having to rescue people off the mountain or you know a hospital cost for someone who got injured in a skydiving accident or whatever we can guarantee the cost there but if i wanted to sit here and shoot up heroin in 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 my in the privacy of my home that's something we need to try to stop people from doing i just I don't understand this, this chemical bigotry. It just upsets me. All right, we're going to take a break. And quick reminder, we have a new live call-in number now here at the Russ Belleville Show. Just got it today on Google Voice. Haven't tried it out yet, but I think it works. Our Google Voice number here is 650-LEGAL-MJ, 650-534-2565. That spells legal MJ. When we come back, we're going to talk about Arizona's governor who just doesn't get the fact that marijuana is safer than alcohol. You're listening to Toker Talk Radio. I'm Radical Russ in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. Thanks for being here, and we'll be right back in just two minutes.
This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Your grapefruits are no match for my Trump Towers. Okay, maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. 13 after the hour. Beautiful day out here in the Pacific Northwest. Got some blue skies out. Got to enjoy them while they're still around. Telling you, once October hits, it's cloudy with a chance of wet. Highs and lows near 45 degrees, plus or minus 7. Got to batten down the hatches here. We're going to make our way out to the state of Arizona here. But quick reminder, our phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. 650-LEGAL-MJ. But there's a... We, we, we spoke with J.P. Holyoke earlier this week from the Arizona Prop 205 campaign. And he mentioned the Arizona governor, Doug Ducey, uh, has a problem with understanding the basic pharmacokinetics of alcohol versus marijuana. Uh, Ducey is telling people they need to vote against Prop 205 to legalize marijuana because of the state's opioid problem. Here's his quote. If we want to expand this universe of people that are addicted and abusing drugs, well, you'll have that chance in November. 
I don't think any state becomes stronger by being stoned. Okay. Okay. The expand the universe of people that are addicted and abusing drugs. Right. So uh, he also cites unintended consequences of legalization so far, particularly, quote, how marijuana has infiltrated high schools with brownies and cookies and Pez dispensers and all day suckers, end quote. And he tries to bring up the newborns testing positive for THC and the emergency room admissions and so forth. Now, that's some typical reefer madness that you'd expect from a Republican governor in Arizona. But then then he stepped way over the line, saying, quote, I would check your facts when you say something is not addictive, that something's safer than alcohol. Oh, you want us to check facts, huh? You want, you want some facts on marijuana being safer than alcohol? All right. Well, that's cool. Let's get to it. First of all, is marijuana addictive? Well, yes, sure. Anything can be addictive. You can develop a bad relationship with food or sex or gambling. It's the person that's the addict, not the substance that causes the addict. Now, the research shows, and according to National Institutes of Drug Abuse and others, that roughly 9% of the people who use marijuana, about 1 out of 11, will eventually become dependent upon it. Now, again, remember, when they say dependence in this context, they mean a person who uses marijuana often nearly always right it doesn't necessarily mean this person has a huge problem with it now they like to say well it's the the dsm-5 and there's the clinical definition of of cannabis dependence do you have tolerance do you have cravings do you spend a lot of time uh going after the drug uh has it interfered with your your life legally or your school and so forth and all of these things are confounded by the fact for most people that marijuana is illegal did you spend a lot of time trying to get marijuana? Yeah, because it's illegal. Did it cause problems in your life? Yeah, because I got busted for it and it's illegal. But anyway, based on that, they say it's about 9%. Now, when you look at alcohol, though, the same study finds for drinkers a much higher rate of, uh, of uh, addiction, of dependence issues reaching into 15% for alcohol and reaching about third, a third, about 33% who tried tobacco. So it's a point number one, you lose. Marijuana is less dependence causing than alcohol. Number two, is marijuana safer than alcohol? Well, yes. Marijuana users are less likely to become dependent. Marijuana is non-toxic. With alcohol, you can die from it, from drinking too much. Marijuana's impairment is different. The impairment is different. The, the impairment under alcohol is one that changes your judgment and impairs your physicality. Marijuana may impair your physicality at some level, but not your judgment to the same extent. The federal crash data show that you get into a car accident, the odds are much greater if you've been drinking. The odds don't change hardly at all if you're smoking weed, and especially if we adjust for age and gender. Alcohol is linked to violent behavior. Marijuana, not really. So, of course, marijuana is less harmful than alcohol. That doesn't mean it's harmless. You can have some bad 
effects from marijuana. Some people get paranoid. Some people get anxious. But nothing like what can happen for alcohol. In every respect, number of deaths, number of accidents, domestic violence, sickness, illness, productivity, work days lost. Any measure you want to measure it by, Governor Ducey, marijuana is safer than alcohol. The only thing that marijuana is going to cause more risk of than alcohol is your appreciation for noodly guitar solos and your love of Funyuns. That's it. And yet, this is not a call for alcohol to be banned or more restricted. I believe our society has done fairly well with alcohol. We could do better, but we've done fairly well with it. And if we can accept that, if we can accept the worst, most harmful, deleterious, dangerous, illness-causing, injury-causing, death-causing drug in alcohol to be damn near ubiquitous in our society, there's no logical reason we can't accept marijuana. You're really clouding the energy in this room right now. (laughs) I'm not trying to. Hey, folks, it's 420 in the Pacific Time Zone. That means happy 420 to our friends in Talent, Oregon. We're going to take a brief safety meeting. Make sure we're uh, doing everything safely, of course. When we come back, Jesse Ventura and a tragic case out of Chicago to tell you about. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com <sighs> Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay. Tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase. And it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, the path to cannabis freedom. Only on CannabisRadio.com. You can find Radical Russ online everywhere. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Boise State University's 2400 baud modem bulletin board system from 1985. 
Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a great safety meeting, 23 after the hour. And Jesse Ventura is in the news again. The former uh, military man. I don't think he was a Navy SEAL. He was a... What do you do in the military? Anyway. Former governor of Minnesota and professional wrestler. I know that for sure. Is out on the uh, talk show circuit promoting his new book, Ma- Marijuana Manifesto. And uh, we've got our uh, request in to his PR agency, by the way. We're hoping to have Governor Ventura on the show soon. But his new book, Marijuana Manifesto, makes the case for legalizing cannabis. And uh, there's an excerpt from his book that I'd like to just read a couple paragraphs from. Uh, This is being uh, posted by 13.org, spelled out, 13.org, from Metro Focus. This is WLIW21, New Jersey TV. And this is from uh, the second chapter of Jesse Ventura's book, Marijuana Manifesto. How to Win the War on Drugs. I believe there is a way to win the war against the drug cartels. America and Mexico would have to legalize all drugs that have the potential for substance abuse, just like we do with tobacco and alcohol. Legalizing marijuana alone isn't enough. Even if we just decriminalized all drugs, we could significantly help addicts get the care they need in clinics and hospitals. Drug addiction should be treated medically because addiction is a medical condition. Putting drug addicts into jail doesn't solve the root cause of the problem. As the famous quote goes, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. This type of insanity describes the so-called war on drugs perfectly. We continue to treat drug addiction criminally. However, if we treat it as a medical condition, I think you'd see our incarceration rates drop dramatically due to the fact that we are not putting these people in jail but in hospitals and rehab facilities. I think you'd see the drug war death tolls drop dramatically too. In 2009, Mexico did decriminalize the possession of small amounts of all major narcotics, from marijuana to cocaine to heroin to ecstasy to crystal meth. Instead of arresting people caught with drugs, the police advised them to get clean and even gave them the addresses of the nearest rehab clinics. Now, when I say small amounts of drugs... However, I mean really small amounts, what I would consider a nearly insignificant amount of drugs. Cocaine was set at half a gram, heroin at 50 milligrams, meth at 40 milligrams, and marijuana at 5 grams. These amounts are all considered acceptable personal use amounts, meaning if the person is caught with this amount, it's clear that person isn't intending to sell it, which is still illegal. 
but that the person is intending to use it. I'd like to know, however, how the courts arrived at these particular quantities as the exact amount for personal use. For instance, in Washington State and Colorado, it is legal to have up to 28 grams of marijuana on you, and that is considered personal use. See what I mean by five grams of marijuana being an insignificant amount? In any case, this decriminalization law has yet to lower arrest rates because officers in Mexico rarely arrested people caught with those small amounts of drugs in the first place. They typically use the opportunity to get a bribe out of someone. Again, it still remains illegal to sell drugs in any capacity, so clearly that isn't stopping anyone from buying them. So that's an excerpt from uh, Jesse Ventura's book, Marijuana Manifesto, and makes the very good point. And it's something that I think is going to be, we're going to be talking increasingly about this, especially after the 2016 election. And that is the need to move beyond just marijuana in our fight to end prohibition. And it's going to be hard to, to push for the decriminalization and legalization of these other drugs. Marijuana enjoys about 50 to 58% support for legalization. The next greatest support for any other drugs is like magic mushrooms at 8 to 10%. I think the fight will definitely have to start with decriminalization. In fact, I'm urging the rest of the states that don't yet have any sort of marijuana reform to start seriously considering pivoting away from the medical marijuana arguments for a while and pivoting to decriminalization. I think, and I've said this for Idaho, and I think it could work in Texas. I could think it work in a lot of places, especially the places that are bordering the states that legalize marijuana. I think you could sell decriminalization better than you can sell medical. But you could add a medical aspect to decriminalization that would also help to sell it. Here's what I, I suggest. And, and, and again, this is based on my knowledge of Idaho, but apply it to your state. In Idaho, they're bordered by Washington and Colorado that have legal weed. Soon, Nevada will have legal weed. And of course, California as well. And that just means more and more weed coming across the Idaho border. And that means Idaho cops spending Idaho taxpayer dollars to catch these people, spending cop time to take them to the jail and book them, spending crime lab time to determine that the green leafy substance is indeed cannabis, spending court time to try these cases, spending public defender time to represent these people, spending more of our jail time, more of our guards time, more of our probation officers time, etc. For what? Obviously, this is like the little boy with his finger in the dike. He's never, he's never going to stop the whole flood. So I think decriminalization could be sold to Idaho by saying, look, rather than spend all this money because everyone around you legalized pot, why don't you make some money because everyone around you legalized pot? If you decriminalize the personal amounts that people are likely to be traveling with, Again, we're not talking about letting people get away with 20 pounds of weed in the trunk going to, you know, uh, Chicago with it, crossing Idaho, right? We're talking about people caught with personal mouths, people caught with their less than an ounce in their pot pipe that they can legally have in Washington and Oregon and soon Nevada. Decriminalize that. Make that a fine. 
Make it a fine and make it. Uh, you, you could even ch- you could even uh, have different levels of fine. You could say maybe the fine is. I don't know, $300 if you're an Idaho resident and $500 if you're from out of state, right? That way you could sell that part in the campaign by saying our decriminalization law is going to, in, you know, crack down on people bringing marijuana across the border, their personal amounts, by making it a big freaking fine, 500 bucks. Then, as you've got people onto the idea of, hey, We're still punishing potheads and we're saving our money as far as tax and cops and courts and labs and all that. We're actually making a profit off this. Once you've got the, that profit motive set into those people's heads, then you can wheel out the compassion side. You can say, and in our decriminalization law, we will offer first time offender that we catch If you've got a medical card from another state or you can demonstrate a severe medical need, we'll waive the fine. The state will just waive the fine. In this sense, you're getting medical marijuana for Idahoans, right? Because uh, the person in Idaho, first of all, that risk of, you know, getting popped for possession and getting a misdemeanor goes away because you'll have that decriminalized amount of an ounce that they could, they could have on them. Right. And then even with that decriminalized ounce that they're caught with and issued the $300 fine, they take it to court, show a note from their doctor that says they're suffering from Crohn's or lupus or fibromyalgia or, you know, <laughs> compressed disc or whatever the problem might be. And, and you're not setting up a medical marijuana program where it's an easy get out of jail free card because your name, your condition mass, matches a certain list. Each one of these would have to go to court and a judge would decide if that person is really medically uh, needy. But with that, I think you could get at least a, 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 an endurable situation where, where patients could at least not have to fear jail in the state of Idaho or, or being from out of state, being a patient from out of state and happening, happening, having to cross the state. I think that could sell. I think I could sell I could sell that in Texas. I could sell that in Georgia. I could sell that in Kansas, make money off legalization and still punish people. You're not getting rid of the, 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 the crimes for dealing or possession of large amounts or, Growing plants will get there, but start with the decrim, start with the decrim. And if we can get that decrim to take root across the country, we can get the whole nation solidified around the idea that, yeah, we don't like pot, but it's stupid to lock people up for it just for using it. If we can make that, if we can get, establish that, establish that beachhead in all 50 states that at the very least individual cannabis consumers don't go to jail that undermines the reasoning for all the other laws to stay on the books after a while it will after a while people start to get this idea well wait you know we're not really 
punishing people that much for pot. Why do we bother to? Uh, why why can't we make some more money off this? Why don't why don't we just legalize it? And, and and also consider this won't be happening in a vacuum. It'll be happening with all the states around that have legalized that continue to post these great tax numbers that are going to make these uh, states jealous. Especially considering most of the states that don't have marijuana reform at this point tend to be the more red state, more poor type of states that are desperate. Hell, Kansas? Oh my God, Kansas is so desperate for money right now. And eventually, as some of the older folks die off, younger folks come in, the lure of that money, the idiocy of continuing to try to stop people from smoking pot will just become so apparent that we'll be able to keep moving on. And of course, the other reason I suggest these states start on the decriminalization route rather than the medical route is because I believe at this point, the medical route is somewhat compromised. I think the medical that we'll get is going to continue to arc toward the pharmaceutical companies. It's going to arc toward being dispensary only, non-smokable form only types of medical marijuana laws. Although, I'll add a caveat. With this 2016 election, we got four states with medical marijuana on the ballot. Arkansas, the medical cannabis amendment, is one of the better uh, law, uh, one of these laws to come around. Uh, it, it will allow some home grow. Now, it's got one of them 20-mile halos on it with dispensaries. So, again, kind of making my point about aiming toward the dispensaries and the pharmaceutical model. I haven't gotten North Dakota's yet to look at. I'm going to check that out and see if there's any plants allowed. The fix in Montana may allow plants. But we'll have to see. I, I, I still think that the, the direction of medical marijuana is inevitably toward a standardized, pharmaceuticalized type of family of cannabinoid products. If you want whole plant marijuana, you need to start fighting for everyone's right to be able to grow it and use it medical won't last much longer. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Mention the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on CannabisRadio.com. And don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well. But words are my shit. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're not high.
You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. Ar, ar, ar. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Final segment here for our final day of the week, this first week of September. 60 days away from the most pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> pivotal, okay, the most pivotal election of our lifetime with respect to marijuana reform. Five states voting on legalization, four states voting on medical marijuana, Denver voting on social use, Oregon cities and counties voting on local opt outs, California cities and counties voting on opt outs and tax measures and bans. Colorado cities with various tax rate and ban issues to go over. Washington state. Oh, my God. So much to cover. We'll have it all for you on Marijuana Election Night 2016. Taking place Tuesday, November 8th, starting at 3 p.m. Pacific, lasting till at least 9 p.m. Pacific or later. We're going to be bringing you all the latest results as the polls close from time zone to time zone, working our way from the East Coast to the West Coast. We're bringing it all to you. With live reporters from every one of the campaign headquarters, we'll be speaking with the campaign spokespeople. We'll have the leaders of the major marijuana reform organizations joining us. We will have uh, people from Brookings Institute and Marijuana Policy Project and three different marijuana activists running for office in their states. So much to cover. I'm so excited about this, and the planning keeps going on this week, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and Frankly, it's kind of scaring me. <laughs> you know me, I like I like things simple. I like me and my mic and my laptop and my recorder and we're good to go. One carry-on bag and that's all it takes. One man, one setup, in and out, nice and easy. Not so for this gig. Oh my god. <laughs> the the stuff we are going over on this and the connections and we I don't even want to tell you all of it because I I I I have this nagging fear that a lot of it won't come true. So I don't want to build it all up and then have to you know bring it all crashing down but if it all comes true oh my god this will be the biggest show i've ever done i can't wait now we did get a a bad piece of news on our uh election night coverage i wanted to bring the election night coverage to you from oakland california from the bay area because it's kind of the the seat if you will of marijuana activism it's where it's where dennis perone and all, all those guys in the early nine late 80s early 90s started you know helping building what became the medical marijuana movement in San Francisco. So I wanted to come to you from the Bay Area. 
especially it would also be sentimental because my first marijuana election night was Prop 19 down there at Oaksterdam. But I'm afraid we will not be able to stream from the Bay Area. Looks like our uh, event will be coming to you from Los Angeles. And what it has to do with our labor costs. We can't afford the labor costs in the Bay Area. The people we would need for the setup on this thing would have to get paid $71 an hour. Jeez. And be paid time and a half because it's after hours. And there'd have to be three of them. And they'd have to be there guaranteed at least seven hours each. <laughs> like, wow, let me do, whip out the calculator. 71 times 1.5 times three times seven is holy shit. <laughs> we can't do that. So, yeah, we're going to uh, probably be coming to you from Los Angeles. But we still should have plenty of great guests and uh, plenty of topics to discuss. I also mentioned how over the next eight weeks, starting next week, we will be bringing you regular interviews from the campaign managers of the various campaigns across the country. For the first six weeks, this will happen on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then the last two weeks before the election, last two weeks of October, uh, Monday through Friday, every day, we will have someone from, the camp- from a campaign talking about the election. So this is the source for your marijuana election information right here on the Russ Belleville show at cannabisradio.com. All right, we got to get to the uh, lightning round, so to speak, uh, a bunch of topics that have uh, kind of built up here. I wanted to talk about one quick one coming from New Mexico, the land of enchantment, New Mexico state fair. The Albuquerque journal is reporting that a Three-week-old female medical cannabis plant made her debut at the opening day of the New Mexico State Fair on Thursday. Now, this harkens back, of course, to right here in Oregon, where the Oregon State Fair displayed nine, the the first, second, third-place winners among sativa indican hybrids. So they had nine live female cannabis plants. Now, they weren't budding yet, vegetative, but nine female cannabis plants on display like you would the rutabagas or the, the, the peonies or the, the prize hog on display at the state fair for the first time ever in the nation's history. So this one here in New Mexico, this was a, a booth, uh, New Mexico Top Organics Ultra Health LLC, one of the medical marijuana uh, uh, companies there in New Mexico, had a three-week-old cannabis plant on debut at the state fair on Thursday, didn't last through the day, got booted out before the day was even over. And uh, after Ultra Health set up the booth, the state fair manager said, there's been a huge mistake and and you have to remove the plant and printed materials that contained images of the cannabis plant. A state police officer approached him later in the day and said he needed to remove the plant and other items immediately. They paid $2,000 for the booth and indicated that they would have a plant there. So they're into some discussion about that, I'm sure. The uh, public information officer for the State Department of Health in New Mexico says they're going to investigate because the production of medical cannabis is supposed to occur in a secure facility approved by the state. They could have their license suspended or other disciplinary action. Yeah, um, so not your Oregon State Fair, that's for damn sure. 
It's amazing, isn't it? How freaked out people get by just the idea of there being a plant visible to people. It's a three-week-old plant. It ain't even close to smoking anything off of it. But, oh, God, it's just nature. Fear it. Run. Crazy stuff. All right, let me get another story up here that's kind of interesting. The Canadian government has been uh, conducting this survey, an online survey, about various issues in Canada. And it turns out that smoking pot, legalizing marijuana, is the second most popular question they've got. Second most popular question in the survey. The most popular question was about legalizing prostitution. So about 30,000 people uh, answered the survey on marijuana legalization. Prostitution got 31,000. And some of the questions in the survey include, should consumption of marijuana be allowed in any publicly accessible spaces outside the home? To what extent, if any, should home cultivation be allowed in a legalized system? How should governments approach designing laws that will reduce, eliminate, and punish those who operate outside the boundaries of the new legal system of marijuana? And what are your views on the minimum age for purchasing and possessing marijuana? Should the minimum age be consistent across Canada? Or is it acceptable that there be variation amongst provinces and territories? Isn't it nice to have your government asking you how legalization should happen? What would you like to see in your legalization? (laughs) Our government, that's going to be a while. The only thing they ask us is how much are we using and have we gone crazy because of it? Another great story in the news today uh, coming out of ESPN.com. Derek Morgan of the Tennessee Titans has said that uh, the National Football League Players Association is going to research medical cannabis. Morgan was on an interview with the Midday 180, which is a radio show in Nashville, and said, quote, We have some things in the works with the NFL Players Association getting some research studies going for players. Nothing too clinical, but getting some research for players and developing that committee to get the NFL Players Association to look at alternative pain management. There's definitely some things in the works, and we just have to keep that going. End quote. So uh, that's great news. NFL, more players are becoming aware of this. Uh, Derek Morgan's joined up with Eugene Monroe, recently retired from the uh, Baltimore Ravens Morgan in a July interview with ESPN said, quote, I just take the NFL for their word. If they say that long-term health and player safety are top priorities of the league, then why aren't you looking into all the options for health care that are out there? It's definitely incumbent upon them to really delegate some time and resources to look into it. End quote. Kudos to these players and Really, NFL, you're you're in a, a tough play. This is a historic kind of fork in the road for football as the public now has become aware of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, of recurring concussions, head trauma, the, the, the toll that's taken on these men's brains and bodies as they compete to entertain us. And I know people out there, yeah, Russ, but they make a million dollars. They make two, three, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, they do. 
but those guys aren't the guys making the real money. And really, the hundred million contract, like Von Miller and stuff, that's not the common contract, right? The average NFL uh, uh, career is like five years or less, and most of these guys make you know league minimum or slightly more, six seven hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe. So yeah, some guys are superstars that become millionaires. Most of them, yeah, they end up living a pretty good, well-off life for five years. I had a cousin, uh, my cousin uh, Rob Morris played for the uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts for seven years, special teams and uh, linebacker, did his seven years, made his few million dollars that he made and got out and now is, you know, invested in some businesses. And so he's doing well, he's, he's well off, got a nice house, nice car, not hurting for anything, but still suffering the effects of having played football for seven years in the NFL, four years at BYU all those years in high school, junior high, Pop Warner, they all add up. My cousin uh, Rob is uh, probably 15 years younger than me, I think he is. But uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a lot more limber and agile <laughs> at this point in my life. He's just, he's wrecked up from all, uh, special teams especially, man. Those are the guys that are running, you know, 80 yards downfield at full speed, headlong into a guy, right? So the NFL's at this point where, They've got a public relations issue to deal with. There are going to be plenty of parents now who aren't going to get their kids into football, who don't want to see their kids end up with concussions and brain damage and lifespans that end at 50. And if football doesn't get passed on from father to son, the, the whole system starts to fall apart. Now, the American love of football is very strong. I don't see it falling apart quickly or soon. But if the NFL really wants to get ahead of this issue, they got to get on the medical marijuana track here. They've got to show that they're doing everything they can to keep the players safe or as safe as possible. We all accept that if you're going to be a mixed martial artist, a boxer, a football player, a hockey player, yeah, you're going to damage yourself. And I'm all for that freedom. But these billionaires that run these leagues, oftentimes off taxpayer-funded stadiums, shouldn't be able to get away with just ruining people's lives and not giving them all the facts and all the medicine that can help them out. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. 
It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, folks, that's all the time we got this week. We are just about done. Been a great week of shows. Thanks for being here. We'll be back next week with more news and views and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. Who do we got next week? Let's take a look. Of course, Dr. Mitch will be joining us on Monday with our Cannabis Q&A. Tuesday will be the first of our Marijuana Election Night preview interviews. I don't know which state we've got on tap. Also Wednesday, same thing, more Marijuana Election Night previews. Thursday, we debut our Cultivator's Corner segment with Jorge Cervantes, the legendary grower. And I agree with some of the people in the chat room where they're saying, is it just me or do you miss Jorge's uh, uh, wig? You know, Jorge used to always wear a, uh, a, a dreadlock wig and a fake uh, black uh, goatee. And now he's now it's legal here. He's just gone all natural. He's a he's a blonde dude. <laughs> it's kind of weird. You see Jorge and it's like, hey, who's this blonde dude? But uh, yeah, we'll have that on Thursday for you. And then on Friday, another one of our marijuana election night previews. So you'll get to learn the details about all these initiatives right here on CannabisRadio.com. And then next weekend... We will be in Boston, Massachusetts for the Boston Freedom Rally. I'm flying out on a red eye, so you actually get a Friday show. And then I fly out uh, on a red eye, get there 7 in the morning in Boston. I booked the Airbnb today, $39 a night. Two nights in Boston for 89 bucks, folks. <laughs> I am a travel ninja. So we, I will be speaking in a couple panels there. I just got an email uh, from the folks out at the Boston Freedom Rally letting me know about that. So if you're going to be in the area on uh, Saturday, I'll be speaking at the main stage at 1.15. Sunday, speaking at the bandstand at 12.30. I'm also at a Sunday Education Village topic on reefer madness in the media. That's Sunday, 1.15 to 2. And Saturday, a panel on jury nullification at 3.30. I will be the moderator on that panel. If you need any more information from me, you can always send me an email. I'm Radical Russ on everything. That includes gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, bunch of stuff. That's it, folks. Time flies when you legalize. We got to call it a day, call it a week. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers.
This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.